Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution and Shaista Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Hi there, this is the episode that you've been waiting for. Today, we are speaking with Yana. She is your ultimate coach and guide to a peaceful, intentional, happy, loving, and conscious marriage. Yana is on a mission to create a new paradigm for marriage by teaching women to develop a deeper relationship with themselves and bringing consciousness into their relationships. Her unique approach combines over 15 years of self-development training and in collaboration with her husband, Rick, she's written and developed a life-changing marriage program that has saved and rebuilt marriage after marriage, including her own. So welcome, Yana. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and to connect with both of you. We're so excited to have you as well. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of what you speak about is in terms of conscious marriage, and we can we hear that term a lot. But what Mm -hmm. exactly is a conscious marriage? Yeah, that's such a good question. The way I define it, and I know there's so many different things you can look up and you'll get, but the way that I define it is really using your relationship and your marriage as an opportunity for growth and evolution as a human being. And it really, you know, there's a great book by Gary Zukov called A Spiritual Partnership. And what he talks about is really looking at you know, your relationship, well, what I said, basically, is an opportunity to spiritually grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're able to detach kind of your ideals, your attachments of what it should be, and you are just using it as this vehicle for growth, that the possibility and the opportunity is, is amazing of what can happen. So, so that's how I define, um, you know, conscious marriage. And I personally, you know, bring that um, kind of mindset to all of my relationships because every single relationship is an opportunity for us to grow as a human being and to evolve and to really look at, you know, how um, are we showing up in that relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that was one of the questions I was going to ask is how you use this term conscious marriage in your own personal life and with the clients that you work with? Mm. I think, you know, the first kind of thing that I always guide women that I work with um, to is really looking at how she is responsible for creating everything in her life, including Mm. her relationship and including, you know, a lot of times we have this relationship to marriage um, 
that comes from a victim mentality, right? We fall in love. We kind of take the next steps to getting married, having kids. And then a lot of times in relationships, we have it like it's all happening to us. Like he's doing this to me. Um, You know, these circumstances are happening to me. And the way I define and teach my clients is no, like you actually are the one who has created and maybe, you know, obviously we don't have control over the circumstances that happen in our lives and the way our partners respond or react, but we are the ones who allow it in our lives. We are the ones who respond, you know, in certain ways that create the results that we have. We're the ones who have the thoughts that we have that create the feelings that we have and so on. So, you know, taking responsibility, it doesn't mean like it's your fault or that you don't hold the other person accountable. It's just owning your reactions, your, you know, actions, your behavior, your thoughts, your feelings, and and taking ownership of all of it. And really like, being able to to shift it mm-hmm. um, and not coming from you know this like victim mentality that I think so many of us do by default which is just kind of happening to all of us so yeah and it, it goes back to the uh, even in parenting right is is looking at ourselves and how we're reacting and how we're evolving and where do we get all this from we get it from our upbringings too, and watching our parents and what roles they played in their marriages and how they showed up in their marriages. So that's where it's coming from. So we are definitely in a position right now to, to change that, to change that paradigm. Now, I know you put a lot of onus on the client. Um, Now, what about uh, a signs that that a marriage needs work like how how does one know that their marriage needs work what are some of the signs honestly I believe every single relationship needs work like there are no perfect relationships you know mm-hmm. you might see relationships on Instagram and Facebook and think like your friends have it all figured out and they do not <laughs> and that like I think that choosing to work on your relationship is, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with it or that it needs fixing or whatnot. It's actually choosing to work on yourself. And also like what you're saying, you know, we all have parents that we inherited um, our behaviors from and not just parents or grandparents, but society and media and just, you know, our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can go, about talking about like the energy that's that we pick up from you know even the collective Mm -hmm. um, about relationships and I think what's happening right now is we're questioning all of that Mm -hmm. and we're you know things are have changed women you know are not just taking care of their households and their kids anymore so naturally with these changes we need to adapt so when you actually choose to work on your relationship you're not just like trying to fix the relationship you're actually um you know shifting these paradigms for the future generation for your kids so you can teach them 
how to be and how to be in relationship and how to love themselves and all of these, you know, beautiful things that when you do the work of, you know, of relationship, you're actually learning how to, you know, come from an empowered place for yourself. And then your children get to learn that. So, I mean, that's something I want to say. And, you know, obviously, there are a lot of red flags in a relationship that will come up that you definitely, you know, want to look at, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and a lot of times I think a lot of people nowadays, they're like, okay, if it's not working, then there's something wrong and we should break up and I should go find somebody else. What I believe, and I think that's part of, you know, this whole conscious um, marriage is like, no, that's actually an opportunity. It's such an opportunity when things are not working for you to dig in Mm -hmm. and figure out why it's not working. What is the pattern that keeps coming up and how do we work through it? And then if you choose to go your separate ways, then that's beautiful. But at least you actually looked at like where it's coming from, what's at the source of it, because we take ourselves everywhere we go. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're in another relationship, all of your stuff comes with you. So relationships are these like, um, amazing opportunities for us to grow as human beings and to heal Mm -hmm. and to become better. So you know, if something is off, and a lot of times the women are the ones who are feeling that something is off, the the men, they're like, everything is fine. They're not as connected to the emotions as women are most of the time. I'm not, you know, generalizing everybody, but, but if you are, you know, a woman that's listening to this, and you feel like something is off, and your husband is like, everything is fine. It's okay, you get to actually go to work on, like, what's what's there for you? And how do you work through it? And, um, and what a gift it is that we are so connected to our emotions that we can, you know, mm-hmm. address yeah, it. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, there, you know, during the pandemic, there's been a lot of stats around marriages, mm-hmm. and how a lot of marriages ended up in divorce. I can't exactly remember what the number was, but it's a very high number. And part of it is exactly what you spoke about where, um, partners became aware of patterns. Mm -hmm. But what happened was that instead of working on it, they just called it quits and decided to go in their own directions. And part of what I'm hearing from you is that in a marriage, you have two people, right? And each person Mm -hmm. is an individual in this partnership. Now, you talked a little bit about taking responsibility for yourself. What are some other really simple steps a husband, wife, man, woman could do mm-hmm. to take responsibility in their in their marriage or relationship? Mm. Well, one of the things I think, like the simplest thing is when there is you know, an argument or even a conversation um, or, or I call it like a breakdown in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Taking responsibility means looking at who was I being or who am I being that this is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I, we had a conversation yesterday and he confronted me about something. Like I was 
feeling um, unappreciated um, when I cook for him and for my kids. And this mm-hmm. has been like something that's just like, I, I didn't even talk to him about it. And, you know, we've been married for 10 years and it came up because he asked me to support him with food and it just came out and it turned, it started turning into like a little argument. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be so right and so defensive about it. <laughs> I wanted to like tell him, you don't appreciate me and then, you know, um, but then he really, he told me, he's like, no, it has nothing to do with you. It's not that I don't appreciate you. It's just the food that you make. I didn't grow up with that kind of food. Mm. So like, it's good, but it's not, you know, something like, I'm not going to pretend and be like, cause I, I had this complaint that like, you never tell me how good it is, you know? <laughs> and, um, and it was just this conversation, but, and so I started looking at, and even though he, he was really great and he told me like, Hey, you know, you're making it about you. Yeah. And I started looking at it. I'm like, Oh my God, like I totally am. And my mom does that. My grandma does that. Like I learned to yeah. use food as this like way to, to prove and to look for evidence of how unappreciated I am. And it's just, you know, this like inner kind of complaint that I have. And it's, it's just there all the time. And it's not created like when I cook and a lot of times, you know, I I do it from my heart because I want my family to experience the love I have. But a lot of times I'm just doing it so I can prove like, look, they're not going to like it anyway. They're not going to appreciate it anyway. And it's like this, this thing that I do. So to answer your question like in that moment I got that and I actually took responsibility for it and I told him oh my god I totally do that like I'm sorry like please forgive me that's not my intention at all mm-hmm. yeah. and I will be more conscious about when I do that and because my commitment is that you know I make food for my family like as an expression of my love and whether they like it or not, it doesn't matter. Like I, I want to do it for me because I enjoy it and I want to do something, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. is an expression. So, so that's that is, one thing that we can do. I think as women is like, look, or, you know, as anybody look at like, who am I being right in yeah. that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like we all have these patterns that we don't even realize. And until we build that awareness, and really look at ourselves with honesty, we're not going to be able to uncover the patterns and the issues, right? Yeah, for sure. What would you say are the key ingredients to a really solid and successful marriage? Mm. I mean, there's a few, but I would say number one is having a shared vision Mm. um, and a shared like big picture, you know, and, and I think a lot of couples don't even know what that is, but when you, and we actually work through this and we call it the big why in our program, mm-hmm. but it's like, why are you married? Like we have this idea when we get married, you know, of like what we want, we have this, this vision, mm-hmm. but I think when we get disappointed and a lot of times, you know, after having kids and going down this routine, we just lose that vision, we lose the why, and we're just surviving. We're just surviving our partner, surviving the household, surviving, you know, all of the the things. Um, And then we get irritated and annoyed and look for all the ways that 
things are not working and the evidence of how we're not appreciated. And, yes. you know, yeah. So I think not just having a why and vision, but constantly talking to your partner about it. So that's the next key reading is really communicating um, mm. honestly and openly and really like communicating in a way where you have, you know, a safe space to, to really express kind of these, you know, dark thoughts or maybe these fears that you have. Mm. And, um, and yeah, and, and having that kind of uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that is just absolutely beautiful. And I know that you cover some of this in your conscious marriage course framework that mm-hmm. you co-created with your husband, Rick. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit more about that course and absolutely. how you came about with this course? Because mm-hmm. that is super uh, interesting as well to hear. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. So um before Rick and I got married, we actually, I remember went out to dinner and we sat down and we were really honest about this like default belief that we have going into this marriage. You know, he was married before me and he got divorced. I was engaged to a guy that I was dating for like seven years. Our parents, even though they stayed together, they didn't have great relationships. So we were really honest about the fact that we're getting married, but somewhere deep down, there's a fear that we have that we don't really believe it's gonna work out. Mm -hmm. Cause we never saw it. Like we never had evidence of it working out. Mm -hmm. And and when we were honest about that and when we were really like, hey, this is, you know, this is kind of happening in the background. So what do we wanna create? We created that vision Mm -hmm. that we had for our marriage that we didn't have to just you know follow um, these inherited beliefs and play them out in a Mm -hmm. way so so the program is called transform your marriage we call it the big lie because all of us Mm -hmm. have this big lie where in the subconscious somewhere deep down we believe like it's never really going to work out Mm because we never had true evidence even if you know we know some couples or maybe an aunt and uncle or whoever that we think that they have a great marriage there's always something that we're like yeah but um so we really have people get present to that and be honest about it and own it like take ownership that that's how you operate in like survival and not believing it's going to work out And once you actually are able to take ownership of that and notice when it happens, let it go, notice when it happens, let it go, um, you're able to shift into what we call the big why, which is that vision, that why that I was talking about. And when you, you know, have something else to put in place of these inherited beliefs, and when you can actually um, practice it on a daily basis, affirm it, you know, really like be responsible for that vision and then figure out what are the actions that you need to take in order to have that vision um, Mm -hmm. be fulfilled. It's very powerful. Then you start to transform not your relationship, but the relationship you have to marriage. So it's beautiful. That is beautiful. That is really Mm -hmm. changing the paradigm. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you see so many patterns. I mean, I was speaking to a woman yesterday and 
she was telling me, she says, you know, I, I've told, I've told my partner so many times, I really would love to have flowers, but he never brings me flowers. I have literally laid it out for him of what will make me happy and what I want him to do, but he won't do it. I've been in situations like this with my husband as well, right? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why sometimes you lay it out and, and the partner still doesn't, you know, do what was asked or it's like, all you need to do is do this and just, I'll feel so happy, but I don't know why that happens. Now, what would you say to this, to somebody like that? Like to a woman who's complaining about this, is it the way Mm. she's showing up or is she just not getting through to her husband or her, her partner? What's going on there? Yeah. And you know, I mean, there can be so many things, but from Mm. what I am hearing, you know, we make it about us. Like he doesn't love me. He doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't da, 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 da. And if there's a conversation like that and you make it mean that he's not getting me flowers, he's not hearing me. He's not seeing me. He doesn't appreciate Mm -hmm. me. Most of the time you're going to go to him and you're going to complain basically. Mm -hmm. And 99%, I mean, you know, there's some guys that will just do it to kind of like, okay, like kind of. (laughs) have you stopped complaining yeah yeah and it's not really coming because they're you know expressing it's like me and the cooking like you know I'll just do it so I can just kind of check off the box but it's not coming from the heart so where I would look is what's your intention like why do you want the flowers Mm -hmm. like why Mm -hmm. what is it about the flowers um, that will really make you happy And then when you come and you share that with him, you know, really come from that intention Mm -hmm. because flowers is just an expression of what you're desiring. That's all it is. So share with him that, that desire that you have. And then, you know, if he's like, yes, I want to get you flowers, but I don't know, like, that's not something that comes up like, Hey, how can I hold you accountable for that? Do you want me, you know, maybe you can set a reminder or whatever. You know, so it's like, if you want to feel loved, you can share with him, you know, when you give me flowers, I feel so loved. And I feel so like, you just thought about me. And and if you share from that place, I promise you, your partner is going to want to make you feel loved. Yeah, one thing that keeps coming up for me when I'm hearing you is a lot around uh, love languages. And different love languages that we all have. And I'm curious to hear your perspective on love languages within a marriage. Yeah, I love the love languages. I mean, that's like one of the most brilliant, you know, ways. And yeah, the flowers is such a love language. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think it's also having that shared vision of making each other feel loved. That's Mm. part of it. So the love languages are ways that you can act on that vision, right? Like my husband and I, we have a commitment that we make each other feel loved. My love languages are, you know, totally different than his. Mm -hmm. And I don't actually think about like what, like, I don't think about expressing things in his love language. I'm always, you know, wanting to express it in the way that I do, but yeah out of my commitment to have him feel loved, like it's not about me, it's about him feeling loved. I have to actually 
be conscious and get into his world and ask myself, like, what would he want? And same for him. Mm-hmm. He has to stop, get into my world and ask himself, like, what, what would, you know, have her feel happy and, and loved? So it's, it's really about that vision and about you guys communicating about what that is with one another. And then the love languages are like the actions you can take to express that. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes women get really um, motivated to work on their marriages. And like you said, their partner might not feel like there's a problem. So mm-hmm. I always hear women saying that they feel like they're doing all the work. Yeah. Right. And that he won't reciprocate. He won't go for coaching or counseling. What are those women to do in those situations? And can somebody work on their marriage on their own? Yeah, I know. And and it is a difficult, you know, kind of situation because it never works by control or manipulation. I will mm-hmm. say that, you know, when, mm-hmm. when women, when we try to control our partner and make them do it, it just... I've never, ever seen it work out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, um, I think it really depends on an every relationship and like, what are you after? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, repairing the relationship definitely, I think, takes two people because there's a lot more um, work involved. But if it's like, if the woman is just not feeling happy with herself, you know, but she loves her husband, then definitely I've seen marriages transform where the women, woman just really gets like, oh my God, I'm just never happy in my life. And she starts to be responsible for her own happiness. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, my relationship is awesome. And she starts to see it through a different lens. So I think it really depends on every situation and every, you know, marriage is so different. But, um, but what I would say is, you know, if you are just in this place of like feeling stuck, do the work so you can actually see clearly, because a lot of times we just don't see clearly. And, you know, even if your partner is not willing to do the work, the more you work on yourself, and the more you, you kind of start to clear out, you know, the beliefs, the stories that you're telling yourself, like all of the the gunk you're going to be able to to have more clarity and more answers on how to move forward mm-hmm. and then you know I do have some women that they go through my program and then they get really clear that you know what if we're going to continue in this marriage he needs to put the work in and they're able to communicate that to their partner from a place of like I love myself I love our family and this is just something that we need to do together rather than just nagging and complaining, which is never effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of this is around um, the different energies as well, I feel, mm-hmm. where um, the, the feminine energy and the masculine energy play a huge role in the relationship. What is your view on energies in a relationship and mm-hmm. how it affects marriages? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, in the last, I don't know, 50, 200 years, like we really, as women, we've been taught that 
we need to lead with the masculine energy. Yet mm -hmm. we are so, you know, suppressing that feminine energy as well in so many ways. And I think right now it's the kind of, you know, it's starting to shift a little bit in more into balance where women, you know, are talking more about feminine energy and all of this stuff because for a long time it was just happening an unconscious and we were just like okay we're super powerful we can go to work and we can take yeah. care of the kids and do all the things and now we're like burnt out and we're realizing it's not working anymore and we're emasculating our men and we think that in order for us to be powerful we have to put them down so I think right now it's really like I'm praying and I'm a stand for that that is being restored where you know there is a balance because all of us have feminine and masculine Mm -hmm. and within us so you know when you honor that in yourself and when your partner learns how to honor that in you as well you guys can you know work together as a team um, but it always is like a balance um, but I definitely think that you know women we do have this gift of like tapping into our feminine energy and when we don't honor that we get sick we, mm -hmm. you know, get burned out, mm -hmm. we start having issues in our relationships, and so on and so on. So, um, so, and, you know, that's why I think self care and, and this whole conversation of us, like, being with other women and sisterhood, like all of it is, is they're all forms of healing. And it's all forms of healing that feminine wound that we've inherited. Um, so yeah, I'm a big, big proponent and like, that's the journey that I've been on. And, you know, I've learned through that journey, how to trust my husband and how mm -hmm. to trust his, um, you know, masculine kind of power. And I don't mean masculine power, like he's this like macho man, mm -hmm. but like this God given gift that you know, that he naturally embodies that yes. I honor. So. Yes, I love that so much. You know, this has been a huge eye-opening uh, topic in my relationship with my partner as well. And mm -hmm. we actually took a course. We took a course on this. And what we realized was sometimes women are really trying to be the alpha, right, in, mm -hmm. the, in the marriage. Because, but it's because their spouse or their partner has not been stepping up. So yeah. they take the lead. Mm -hmm. And what happens is either that partner has this wounded masculine energy and they're not able to take the lead. And then the woman starts, you know, really driving this, uh, this alpha personality. And then what happens is the marriage just falls apart because you can't have these two masculines they repel yeah. each other, right? So mm -hmm. when we learned about this, it, now I let him take the lead. Like, mm -hmm. and, and what we learned in that course was that men naturally want to lead and we have to trust them mm -hmm. to enable them to, to take that lead, right? Yeah, so when beautiful. you talk about that trust and that honor, like it, it's so bang on because that's exactly what it is, right? Mm -hmm. and, and for the, the woman to just surrender, Mm -hmm. surrender to that to trusting the masculine to take the lead 
Yeah. That yeah. was, that was think, a huge thing for it's me. so huge. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as women, we've like, you know, not that it's that, not that it's bad, but we've been protecting ourselves for so many generations from a lot of kind of pain that's been, you know, done onto us. So it's yes. just a natural way that we've learned to protect ourselves from, you know, the darkness of the masculine kind of and the the masculine, you know, wounds and all of that. But I think that the only way that we're able to heal is to to recognize there's also like this this beautiful side to it. And when we learn about, you know, honoring that side and we mm. see that in our partners, we don't see them for like, oh, they're trying to control me or hurt me or, you know, those are all the, the ways I think that we've been taught. Um, yes. But now it's like, no, your, your partner actually wants to make you happy also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he wants to lead, like you're saying, it's, it's really beautiful. It is. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of, uh, a lot of people say in our, in the older generations, you know, stay together for the kids. I see a lot of older couples who are, who've been married for, you know, 50 years, but they're just so miserable with the, with, with each other. And mm-hmm. I look at those marriages and I think, oh, if, if they could stay married, anybody can stay married. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and when you talk to these couples, they say that they stay together because of their kids and they have no regrets, Mm -hmm. even though as miserable as they are and as burnt out as they are in life, uh, Mm -hmm. staying in this marriage, what, what would you say to that about staying together for the kids? Yeah, I personally don't like, I, I wouldn't do that. (laughs) I don't, you know. I think if you're going to stay together for the kids, then who are you being and what do you want to teach your kids? Mm -hmm. Because if you, you know, your kids watch you and they're learning how to be in a relationship and in life from your relationship. So if you're just in survival all the time and you dislike one another and you are, you know, putting each other down or whatever and you're just staying together that's what your kids are going to learn and that's how they're going to go into their relationships unless they do the work mm-hmm. of healing that and and transforming it and so on which you know you hope that they do um but if you're going to stay together for the kids and do the work you know to to heal yourself and your relationship for the kids and i know you know our parents like my parents they they have no idea that there's another way they stayed mm-hmm. together for my, for my brother and I. So that's, yeah. you know, and I've been doing so much work for so long to really kind of heal that, those wounds because yeah. I was like, you know, so, so I personally think that, you know, if you're not going to put the work in, if you're not going to really um, like if things are not working and you don't want your kids, to, then maybe it's better not to stay together for the kids, just to stay together. That's my personal opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, I understand why people do that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those those patterns that we talked about just keep repeating themselves, right? And keep mm-hmm. gets buried within the subconscious until yeah. there is that change. One. Um, 
topic that I wanted to ask you about was around intimacy. And mm-hmm. intimacy is defined in so many different ways by different people. So how do you define intimacy? And what are some ways in which partners can create intimacy in a relationship? Yeah, that's such a good question. You're right. There's so many different like ways you can talk about intimacy because there's, you know, sexual intimacy. There's just human kind of intimacy that you can experience, you know, like we can experience it with one another, just, Mm -hmm. you know, based on the level of vulnerability that we're able to, to have with one another and openness. So I personally believe that when, you know, when you are showing your heart and opening up your heart to your partner, then that will naturally usually lead to intimacy and connection mm-hmm. and depth. And, and when you're able to see one another, um, you know, when you're able to see your partner for, for who they are, you know, in their heart, um, rather than like all of their mistakes or faults or whatever, then you, you see them through a different lens. Like you can actually have more love for them. Mm-hmm. And then same, even with yourself, when you're, you know, loving towards yourself and you're accepting towards yourself and you forgive yourself, then you're able to be intimate with another person, mm-hmm. um, you know, with your partner. So I think that those things are all things that will lead to, you know, physical intimacy, but it has to start there. I mean, Mm -hmm. if, yeah, if you don't feel, um, you know, that love for yourself and for your partner, and if you're not really like gentle and seeing yourself in that light, like you, it's really hard to be intimate with another. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I know that Sexless marriages are such a common, uh, common thing at this time. A lot of women are complaining about this and um, a lot of men too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I hear you saying is it's about creating intimacy in other ways first, becoming connected first, and, mm-hmm. then, and then moving into the physical. Well, yeah, if I'm like walking around resentful towards my partner, I'm not going to want to have sex with him. Like, no. get away from me. You know, it's not safe. That's yeah. how I think women or vice versa. So you really, you know, have to be committed to resolving those um, deeper issues so you can actually, you know, physically connect as well. Definitely. I mean, sometimes you're so repulsed, right? With your partner, maybe yeah. if you're in the state of in your marriage where I remember seeing Michelle Obama live once my husband and I went together and she said, there are times in your marriage where you won't even like your spouse. Yeah. Right. There's times where she, and that's okay. Right. I I feel Mm -hmm. like that's okay. Everybody's evolving. We're constantly changing. Somebody's going through something, right. It's okay to, to be in touch with those feelings and sometimes have a little bit of you know, distance and inwards healing, what would you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what you said is like inward healing, like it really is a lot of times, you know, if our partner does something that triggers us and, and, you know, we're angry with them or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that's an opportunity for you to look within and to see like, where is this wound coming from of why I feel hurt? 
and resentful because it really does start over here. And when you do the work of healing those wounds, then there's, there's space for you to see your partner. It's really hard to see your partner when, you know, you're like feeling the pain of, I don't know, past traumas or something somebody said and you're holding on to it. And, and, um, and then, you know, we kind of start having more and more thoughts and more emotions about it. So it's very hard to, to connect with another human being when we're in our head about all that. So, mm-hmm. so it really, you know, honestly, the more you're, the more kind of you heal, the more you can really heal your relationship. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have one more question for you. Yeah. I know that uh, there are some partners, some couples that experience infidelity. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would you say to those couples? Like, is it grounds for separation or can the relationship be repaired? Yeah. And I've experienced infidelity in a past relationship and even when we were dating with my partner so I definitely believe that it can be repaired and healed if that's what you are you know both committed to right Mm -hmm. because infidelity there's something at the source that's much deeper that's um kind of guiding the infidelity so for some couples it can be you know maybe they saw their dad or their mom have affairs and that's just you know how they learn to cope when things aren't working or when they're not happy or whatever so it really is like are you committed to your marriage to your relationship are you both committed to it and that's the first question and making it work like is there still you know a common vision that you have whether it's even for the kids or let's make this work Mm-hmm. that's step one if you still are committed to that then you really do that work of, of inner healing and what has happened that you know whether you cheat that you cheated or that you allowed that to happen in your in your space because mm-hmm. I personally believe that when an infidelity happens and a lot of people will probably disagree with me but I really believe that both parties are 100% responsible for, you know, for that occurring because, you know, even if we're not the one that cheats, somehow energetically mm-hmm. there, there was something, you know, that was occurring, a pattern that was occurring, mm-hmm. or maybe conversations that we didn't have, or maybe we didn't listen to our intuition. Maybe we, you know, felt it that, something was off and our partner was hiding something but we never said anything so that's like those are all ways that we can be responsible and when we're able to really go to the source take responsibility work through it communicate about it get help you know working through it then we can heal you know that pattern and really learn from it and grow from it and actually be so much stronger Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it can also be such an opportunity, you know, because yes. it's gonna, like I said before, you're going to take yourself with you. And that's why, you know, a lot of women that have infidelity happen, it happens in their next relationship. And it's like, it's an occurrence. And so they actually work through their stuff. 
Mm. Um, and I've seen it a lot of times that, you know, it happens with multiple partners. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that is such a wonderful perspective to take and Mm -hmm. to look at both parties when infidelity does happen in a relationship, because quite often, just as you mentioned, if it keeps happening over and over in different relationships, then there's some sort of paradigm happening where it you're attracting that, right? Yeah, you're a common denominator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like saying it's okay in any way, but I'm saying that there's something for you to look at. Like, who was I being that this happened in my relationship? Because I truly believe, you know, that we are, our relationship is a hundred percent ours. Like the way I think in our society, we relate to relationships like 50, 50. I really believe that it's 100% and 100%. Mm -hmm. So if I took 100% ownership of my marriage, like it's my marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody made me or forced me to choose this person. So if I actually took ownership of it, then, you know, I'm going to look at like, who was I being that this happened in my marriage? Amazing. I love these insights. I think we've covered so much Mm -hmm. today. And Tell us where our listeners can find you and find out more about your course and your work. Sure. So on um, Instagram, it's themarriage.coach. Um, and I love message, like I love connecting with people. So if anybody wants to message me, ask me questions, I'm very happy to do to answer those. Um, and then if you're interested in learning more about the course, it's um, transformyourmarriagecourse.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, so yeah, all of the main social media platforms. And you have a Facebook group as well. Yeah, it's called Conscious Married Community. Conscious mm-hmm. Married Community. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much, Anna, for being here. I feel like anyone who listens to this is going to feel so empowered mm-hmm. to want to put their heart and soul into working on their marriage. And like you said, it starts with connecting to our own uh, self in a deeper way and our own heart and soul. Do you have any uh, final words for anyone listening today? Mm, um, Just, yeah. I mean, what you're saying is so spot on. Like when you do that work, you're giving such a gift to yourself. And if you are just able to look at your relationship as like that opportunity for you to do your inner work, Mm -hmm. it's a different experience. You know, it's just, it's, it's way more fun and it's way more fulfilling and empowering. So that's what I encourage, you know, everybody who's listening to really shift just your, your mindset on how you look at relationships. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Mm -hmm. We, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know that everyone listening also feels the same. Please reach out to us in our Facebook group and let us know your what you took away from this particular episode and do connect with Yana on social and let her know how this landed for you. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom parenting journey. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired, take action, and create magic.